Welcome to The Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey everybody, welcome to The Catch. My name's Cheryl. My name is Ryan and today we have Jim Perdue. How you doing, man? Man, I'm great. I hope you guys are doing well today. Yes, we are glad that you hopped on to share your story with us, but we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to start off with just a question type of thing. Uh, quick just, questions. Just quick questions, just to ask you uh, just some random questions and see what you what you like. Okay, so okay. you get to pick between two things. You ready? I have no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So um, Georgia or Florida? Georgia. That was easy. <laughs> Yeah, that's an easy one. All right, Mexican or barbecue? Ooh, I want to go with barbecue on that one if I get to pick the place. All right, now what's your go-to meal? White Diamond Barbecue in Bonaire, Georgia. Just give me the pulled pork plate with their french fries and their sandwich. I'm good, man. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. All right, um, football or basketball? Football. Football. Yeah. Orange or apple? Juice. That's that's crazy though, because if I had to pick the fruit, I'd eat the apple, but if it's the juice, it's orange. Yeah. Orange. Now are you like a pulp guy or no pulp? No a little bit, but I don't <laughs> like feeling like I'm drinking a whole orange at a time. Yeah, see, yeah. that's what I like. I like the I want to drink my orange. That's that's how I am. <laughs> so college or pro? College. College. I love college football. That's my favorite sport. And um the last one is mountains or the beach. Mountains. Oh, and can I have? Can I throw in a little lake in there too? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Hey, go ahead, man. Hey, that's the mountain. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, thank you. We just wanted to get to know you a little bit more and ask some random questions. But the first question that we do like to ask our guests is just to get the background story, where you grew up, um, if you were always a Jesus follower. If you want to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in Warner Robins. Um, so that's, that's where I'm pastoring now. I pastor at my, my home church. I grew up here at this church from about third grade until I graduated, went off to college and, um, church was always a really important part of, of our lives and the family where I grew up. I mean, back then it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, anytime you could be there, uh, you were supposed to be there and we were, um, and so I did grow up in church with a, a knowledge of the Bible, uh, a God who created me, um, the son of God who desired to, to have a relationship with me and the Holy Spirit that could lead me and guide me. But I, it was important for me to note that um, just growing up in church and knowing about God doesn't mean that you know God, right? There still has to be this moment um, where, where that becomes real and, and personal. And um, sometimes I think that even that, that kind of church background, if you're not careful, can give you a false assurance. Well, I've been in church all my life. I mean, I've had people tell me I've been a Christian all my life. And I have a question about that. Like, has there been a moment where you've had that personal connection, relationship, repentance and faith? And so um, growing up in church, uh, I was a church kid and I was one of the kids that wanted to be the guy on the stage and the plays and singing the songs and doing all the little things right. Um, but I, so I was probably a good little Pharisee for a while, you know, like even in high school, they'd call me preacher boy, but, <laughs> uh, but you have to realize that all that stuff you do doesn't really equal like righteousness 
in yeah. God's sight. Um, and so even growing up in church, there has to be that moment of, of faith and repentance. So I was a junior in high school when God really began dealing with my heart. And I didn't know what was going on at first. I was, um, I trusted Christ at the age of 11, but having grown up in church, you know, with all the church answers, that sort of thing, um, you know, my faith, my faith journey began at the age of 11 trusting in Christ but it, it took me a few more years to really get serious about my faith I mean I was saved I was going to heaven mm -hmm. but I could still be uh you know a little fifth or sixth grade idiot you know you know what I'm saying and then mm -hmm. there, there were moments where in my life I had to get serious about my faith and that happened kind of around middle school about my eighth grade year I said look I'm either really gonna follow God or uh, I'm just going to keep playing this game that is so unfulfilling. Um, mm -hmm. And when I was a, it's kind of around when you're a sophomore, junior, and senior in high school, you start thinking, what, what am I going to do with my life? And I always assumed my dad was a businessman, and I always assumed firstborn son, he's supposed to grow up, and he's supposed to take over the family business. You know, that's just what you do. Um, and I can remember really wrestling with it. Um, struggling with my my call to ministry because I talked to one of my pastors here and um, he affirmed that you know when I when I told him I feel like that's what God's called me to do and so that was um, I was that was between my junior and senior year in, in high school but God had been dealing with me probably for over a year mm -hmm. and then I was nervous about going to tell my parents um, mm -hmm. because I assumed that they felt the same way I felt. Firstborn son, you're supposed to take over the family business. That's what makes dad proud, you know, that kind of thing. And and then I remember like as a 16, 17 year old kid saying, hey, mom and dad, I need to talk to y'all, you know? And so when your teenager comes and you're like, oh Lord, what could this be? You know? <laughs> like, but I sat them down and they were sitting on the couch and I was across from them and I just began to share with them what God was doing in my life. And I didn't know how they were gonna respond. Uh, I was a little nervous. And I just said, I feel like God's calling me to be a pastor. And at that point, I was as certain about that call as I was about my salvation, about God's call mm -hmm. on my life to trust Christ. And and the coolest thing happened. Um, I didn't know how it was going to go. But my mom looked at me and she said, your dad and I have talked about this a lot. And we've known since you were about 10 years old that oh, that's yeah. what you were going to do. And I was, I was probably awesome, just dude. losing it, crying, because I just didn't. I felt like I might be disappointing them. Mm -hmm. And for them, they were like, we knew God was going to do this with you. And they, they never said anything about it. They never pushed me to it. They never, Don't you think yeah. you want to be a pastor one day? Like they waited for God to do that in my mm -hmm. life. And uh, that was a, that's a really cool moment. And that's also that God brings those affirmations along mm -hmm. the way to help solidify that call. And it's such a beautiful story because of the age that you were, um, and it just goes to show that it does not matter what your age is right. and that God can call, use and call anybody despite yeah. their age. So that's awesome. I'm sure, you know, that's a story that I think a lot of people would want to hear rather than all the other bad stories that middle schoolers or high schoolers come to <laughs> yeah, tell their I parents. Got <laughs> <laughs> you got some stories. Got some stories. <laughs> yeah. So, so I graduated high school and I went like my dad and I joke, like I didn't go to Bible college. I went to the University of Georgia and I rhyme, mm -hmm. we can joke about the Bulldogs or whatever, <laughs> or the Florida Gators. But the reality is most college campuses, including Athens, Georgia, that's a huge mission field, right? Mm -hmm. So here I am going off to the University of Georgia, knowing I'm going to be a pastor 
right? I'm going right. to Athens for a completely different reason yeah. than 99% of the students, right? Mm -hmm. Big time party town. And, mm -hmm. but God protected me, like knowing my path and my calling, God protected me. I mean, I was a youth pastor in Athens at the age of 19. Wow. So oh, while, while my peers are, you know, at the bars and, and the club scene and that kind of thing, I'm, I'm meeting with students and taking them on trips. And I mean, it was yeah. just right. knowing that calling kind of changed the the trajectory of my life. And I probably didn't have your typical college experience at the university mm -hmm. of Georgia, but I wanted right. to get a degree from a school like that and then mm -hmm. go get my Bible training. I went on to get a, a master's and, and, and later on a doctorate and all that. But I felt like for me, that was my path. I mean, a lot of guys go to Bible college and that's great, but for me, right. that's what God called me to do. And uh, so he just threw me right in the middle of uh, like Jonah and Nineveh, you know, like yeah. you better go right. right in the middle of it. That was probably one of the best training like programs or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, sharpening your skills, learning how to relate to people and, you know, just throwing you right in there, mm -hmm. um, you know, just Absolutely. to, you know, sharpen your skills. So that way you would know how to be a better pastor and a, a better teacher and all of this was just going along with it. So, mm -hmm. man, that's amazing, man. Yeah, my faith was immediately tested in something as simple yeah. as like everybody has to take an art class, at, you know, as as a core class. We had an art history class it was about 300 people in there. And the first day, uh, the professor who I learned later was an atheist and very um, anti-Christian. He said, if you're a Christian, raise your hand. And oh, there were wow. only about two or three people, you know, whose hands went up. I know because I was like, oh, wow. I you know, I was in the minority. And he said, if you're a Christian and you just raised your hand, it is my goal for you that before the end of the semester, you will denounce your faith. Oh, my goodness. In an art class, right? Yeah, and I'm like, like, what's the name of that movie? God's Not oh, Dead. God's Not Dead. No, no, no. God's Not Dead stuff. I didn't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. And you should have gone to Florida, man. Their art teacher was a little... <laughs> <laughs> Gainesville is a little more godly. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, just a little more godly. You know, just, just a little more. <laughs> well, we are glad you did not denounce your faith. I'm yeah. telling you, man. Ooh, that's that's like stuff you you don't hear about that. Like in real life, you know, you see stuff like that in movies, but you know, you don't. That's, but it's out there. It's out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And just to see, probably, especially for you, and from being where we are, you know, to see three people raise their hands yeah. is like, man, we got some work to do. Yeah, oh, like, absolutely. Like, man, I know that could have been like a just a culture shock. You probably was like, wow, really? Like, <laughs> only three, only three out of 300. Because when I was in high school, I mean, they, they nicknamed me the preacher boy anyway. And it wasn't like a, a derogatory term. It was really endearing. I had a lot of a lot of friends, but um, but everybody knew where I stood. Right. I, like, once I set that standard, it wasn't like I had to go tell everybody, no, I'm not going to that party. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm going to. You know, and and then going to Georgia, nobody knew who I was, mm -hmm. right? So you have to set that standard again. And of the 300 that are in there, probably nobody's going to remember that kid that raised his hand. You know, it was just very different. Even in science classes, when they're teaching evolution, I had a, a Catholic science teacher that was teaching evolution. And she said, look, I'm not saying I believe all this, but I need to present this to you. I mean, that's that's at Houston County High School, you know, right. Then going to the University of Georgia, where my geology professor, atheistic Darwinian evolution, all of that, that's her, that's her God, right? Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, if you don't believe this, you know, you lack intelligence. And I mean, just, just all that kind of stuff. And so yeah. they're, they're driving you to, mm -hmm. uh, to the atheistic 
values and morals that that they espouse. And it's so important as parents, and I know now that we are parents to instill, you know, Jesus into our kids because when they go off, at least they'll have that seed planted. And right. like you, you can have a better understanding, and you you know exactly what your faith is. Yeah, like I like Tony Evans. He said it. He was like telling you how to raise your kids and telling them about Jesus. You know, he was like, if you don't, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. Well, Tony Evans is one of my favorites. I've read every about every book he's he's written. Yeah. He talks man, about being Tony. a man. He talks about passing that on to the family. And he, here's the interesting thing. And you guys, like you guys know this. And for me, even growing up in church, called to be a pastor at the University of Georgia, there had to be a moment where my faith became my own, right? It wasn't just what my preacher used to say or my parents taught me. Like I can remember being really lonely my freshman year at Georgia. Um, And uh, I was reading in the New Testament and um, Paul says in one of the letters, I can't remember where, I think it may be in first or second Thessalonians. He said, uh, you know, I left Timothy in Athens alone. And as I read that, I'm like, in Athens at the University of Georgia. Yeah. Like, that's me, that's me. I'm alone in Athens. You know? And so I don't, I don't know if that's a great, like, biblical application. Yeah. But in right. that moment, that's the way I felt. And I can mm-hmm. remember sitting in that art class or my geology class as a freshman feeling like, man, if it's not enough to know what I believe. I have to know why. Okay. Um, because there are going to be people out there that want to, tear my faith apart. And I was pretty decent at knowing the what, but I had to kind of wrestle with the why. Even co- being called to be a pastor, like you're, there has to be a moment where faith becomes your own. And it's not just what well, my pastor said or my parents said or so-and-so said, it's a part of what God's doing in your life. Mm-hmm. So since you are a pastor, could you give us a little bit of advice of for those people that want to take that next step or want to have a deeper relationship with Jesus, what are some things that we can do, all of us can do to deepen our faith? Yeah, so first and foremost, um, I think there are a lot of people who feel like they have a relationship with God or they have a relationship with Jesus. Um, They may or they may not. And so first and foremost, you need to make sure that there's been a time in your life where you've repented of your sins and you've trusted in Christ, right? You're not gonna be able to grow in your faith as a believer, as a child of God, if you haven't been born again. And so that's the first step. And I find a lot of people, um, if they run into some frustrations or difficulties, a lot of times go back to that point of decision, right? The Bible says there'll be a moment of time. Like it's not, you don't necessarily have to know the exact date and time mm-hmm. and, and all the details. I've had people tell me, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember the moment. And so first of all, there has to be that moment of conversion where you've repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in Christ. It's not enough to say, well, I grew up in church and I just believe in God my whole life. Well, the Bible talks about specific instances of trusting in Christ. That brings about regeneration, like we're made new, we're born again. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I think the most important thing for a child of God is a steady, faithful, consistent diet of the Word of God. Um, if we're going to grow as followers of Jesus, it is not going to happen apart from reading the word. Mm-hmm. And as you read the word and spend time in prayer, those are things that begin to solidify your faith as you walk with God. Those are things that that 
you know, you'll start to see fruit in your life. Um, and so, I mean, I, I meet with a group every Thursday. I'm a pastor, but I meet with a group every Thursday and we're holding each other accountable. We're memorizing verses together and we read this and we're studying that. And here's what God's doing in our lives. So find somebody that can walk the journey with you. We're not supposed to, we're not intended to live the Christian life alone. Um, it's, we were created to live in the context of, of community and a faith community. So that's church, um, you know, discipleship groups, the word of God, learning how to pray. We, we think prayer is some magical, mystical language that only the angels know how to speak. Yeah. Right? But really, it's just a conversation with your heavenly father. Um, but prayer is a discipline, right? If you're like me, sometimes you start to pray and then like your mind wanders in the first 10 seconds and you don't, I mean, you don't even know why you're there anymore. You have to be disciplined in prayer. And I've learned too, as I pray, like I at least whisper out my words or mouth the words. It helps me stay on track more than just trying to pray in my mind. Because then mm -hmm. if, if I'm just praying in my mind, I can easily start thinking about, you know, my honeydew list and what else I have to do, you know, all, all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but having people to walk that journey with you really helps. We definitely agree. Yeah, Attending a Bible teaching church and getting involved in a small group, community group, discipleship group, whatever you want to call it. But right. yeah, we definitely aren't meant to do this alone. So absolutely. So after college, the skills that you learned from college, how was that transition from going from a, being a student to, you know, furthering your, your career and being a pastor? Yeah. So it's interesting because most of the people that are at college, like that's the destination. They go to college, get a four-year degree, and then they're going to work. And I always knew that my four-year degree was just the first step. So I knew that after I got my degree in business education at the University of Georgia, that was just like one box to check to go to seminary and uh, to get a master's in divinity and, uh, and, and become a pastor. And so I was able to serve in ministry while I was at UGA, which was really helpful. Like, I think you learn more serving in ministry than you ever do in a seminary classroom. Mm -hmm. And so I learned so much uh, while serving at Central Baptist in Athens. And then went to North Carolina to Southeastern Seminary in uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina. And I was able to be a student pastor for another three years while I was there. So learning and growing and, um, and getting my master's. There's really, it was academically grueling. Like it was really, really hard. You know, 96 hours for a master's, a solid three years. Um, and, but it, all of that taught me was prepare, prepare. And so now that translates into what I do, preaching, um, my preparation, um, you know, the discipline of study and, and those sorts of things. And, and God allowed me as I, as I went through seminary, God allowed me to meet some really awesome people to connect with some really great professors. You know, I was a church planter for a while. So my mm -hmm. wife and I moved to North Georgia and we started a church with two people, me and her in a cafeteria, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like we started from the ground up, we didn't know anybody and we just started and it, it teaches you to be desperate for God and yeah. to learn that everything, everything you have, man, you're dependent on him for. And then we were in the Memphis area for a while in West Tennessee, pastoring a church that, that had just gone through a really, really hard time and they just needed mm -hmm. somebody to love on them and preach the word. And, you know, God called us there. And then in 2012, like it was just an incredible privilege when my home church called. So the church where I grew up at Second Baptist in Warner Robins from 
third grade until I graduated high school, mm-hmm. um, toward the middle of the end of 2011 said, Hey, we're looking for a pastor. And, um, you know, we got your name. Would you consider? Wow. And it was really cool because fortunately I got serious about my faith before I could be like a huge idiot and, and do right. a lot of dumb things because I think I, that might've squandered the opportunity to be able to come back to my home church. Um, not that, I mean, everybody's made dumb decisions and has regrets, but, um, but I was able to, at least growing up here through the student ministry and other things, they were able to see that, that genuine evidence of, of faith in my life. And so God called us back here in 2012 and it's hard to believe it's 2021 now and nine years. So I'll celebrate almost a decade being back, uh, next year. And that, Honestly, uh, I feel like I feel like I'm living out the verse. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Because I've had people say, could you ever have imagined you'd come back and pastor your home church? Mm-hmm. And normally you'd say, oh, I could never have imagined that. But I felt like God put that dream in my heart as a 16 or 17 year old boy. Mm-hmm. And that now I get to, I'm, I'm living the dream, right? I'm living out the desires of my heart because we had a great church in Tennessee. There's probably one church in the world we would have left it for. And that's where we are now. Mm -hmm. That's just God showed his faithfulness over and over again, every stop, every place we've ever been, even as a student pastor for six years, um, knowing that I was going to be a a senior pastor, um, even as a student pastor for six years, God just showed himself faithful and true. And each step of the way, providing exactly what we needed um, to follow him faithfully. And he was growing you at the right time too, man. Cause you know, any earlier or any later, mm-hmm. you know, it might, you might not have been ready for that position. Mm-hmm. So it's That's right. So, but staying connected to him, staying connected to the vine shown true that, in your life. It's a great testimony. Is. That makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And God, like what you just said too, Ryan, like God is, we, we always want the, the what, right? What, what am I supposed to do? What, what, what? God is just as interested in the when and the how as he is the what, you know, like I thought God might send me back here in 2007. And I just knew that was God's will for my life. It didn't happen. He wanted me to go to Memphis where I had a lot of work to do growing. He wanted to prepare me to come back here in 2012. And so if I was writing the story, it, it might've sounded a little different and it might be missing a chapter or two, but he writes the perfect story as we seek to follow him. And, um, he has, he's, he's been so faithful and so good and his timing is always perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's the encouraging word. The very last question we always ask people is, is there anything you would like to share to encourage the people listening? And I feel like that's encouraging, yeah. but is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Just a word of encouragement. Well, I, first of all, you guys are awesome. So thank, thanks to both of you for doing this. Um, I know it's Jesus in you, but so you don't have to say, oh, it's not us. I mean, I know it is, but thank y'all. Thank y'all for doing this. Um, it's, it's awesome that you guys are doing I'm honored to be a part of this. So thank you. Um, beyond that, uh, those who are listening or watching, um, the key to your, the key to success in your Christian life is finding the will of God and then doing it right. I mean, it sounds real simple, but it's a little more complicated than that. 
But years and years ago, someone said success in the Christian life is finding God's will and doing it. And so simply, there are things I know every day God will for my life. Man, I need to abide in Christ. Cheryl, you said that. I, you know, I need to be connected to the vine, John chapter 15. I need to be in the word. I need to be in prayer. I need to be loving my wife like Christ loved the church. I need to be raising my kids, you know, like Psalms talks about the arrows that we're going to try to, you know, shoot out of the quiver or the vines that grow up around your table, you know, that sort of thing. And so all of that, we know that's God's will for us. But then there are these other questions about what am I supposed to do, God? Um, you know, everybody always, one of the number one questions I get is, how do I know God's will for my life? Get to know God, right? And at his, in his way, at his right time, he's going to reveal his will. And we always want the answer. He's often more interested in the journey. You know, we want the destination, but he wants to take us on the path to get there. And it's not just about getting you an answer. It's about growing you in the process. And he's just as interested in the when and the how and all those other things and the why as he is the what. And so um, ultimately, though, if you want to be a success as a follower of Christ, discover God's will for your life and then do it. Mm -hmm. Man, that's encouraging. That yeah. is very encouraging. Yeah, man. Because that path getting there, you know, almost is just as important as the destination. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, like it, it's a never ending learning curve, you know, it's like, and then once you get yeah. to the destination, it's like, okay, now we got another path. <laughs> It's like, oh man, you know, I'm here now. All right, uh, yeah. gotta keep on going. Gotta keep on moving. Well, I'm I'm old enough to remember uh you know music tapes, right? Where you had to press the fast forward button and then wait and wait. Oh, yeah. know, so a lot of us want to press that fast forward button on the VCR or the tape player. And then, you know, CDs and DVDs came out where you can skip, right? And we really would love to just, all right, God, I want to skip this. But um I think if we try to if we try to circumvent or short circuit the process in our lives, we miss what God has for us in terms of growing us. I can remember starting a church when I was in my early 20s and the night before our very first service, I told Stephanie, my wife, I said, I just have a sense that God wants to grow me as much as he wants to grow a church. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, you know, years removed from that, that was so true. It was right. not just about what God wanted to do through me. It's about what God wanted to do, to do in me. And, and we have to know, like, before God can work through you, he's got to work in you. And we got to be willing to allow him to do that in our lives. Well, thanks, Pastor Jim, man. Man, we really appreciate you yeah. jumping on, man. Um, Absolutely. You guys are doing an awesome thing, man. Thank you for letting me come. Hey, thank you, man. And um, how can you be reached? They want to come visit your church. Um, how yeah. are you able to get in touch with you? Second Baptist Church right here in Warner Robins, Georgia. And you can find more information um, on our website, secondfamily.tv. Of course, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, we're on all the, well, most of the social networks. There's so many now, but yeah. uh, we're, on, we're on the big ones, Second Baptist Warner Robins. And, yeah, I'm on TikTok. No, no. <laughs> We're not on TikTok or anything. And somebody asked me the other day, I was like, look, I think we've got enough social media <laughs> yeah, yeah. presence. So yeah. it's like there's a new one every every month. Right. Yeah. Well, we will leave all of that in the description below for people to check out. And also, if you're listening and you want to know more about Jesus or how to start a relationship with him, we will also leave links in the description below and as well as our email if you would like to contact us. But we really do appreciate you, Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Peace.